This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. I want to start things off. We had a pretty sober week at You're Making It Worse this week, and I, I wanted to kind of share some of the news with our listeners. Um, last Monday morning, I got a, we got, Alan and I got a text from Elliot saying that he had a fever. And of course we are still in COVID time. So we encouraged him to get a COVID test and he got the test. It turns out he was negative. Uh, but by Monday afternoon, his fever was a 104.9. So Alan and I were pretty disturbed by that. And we rushed him to a hospital. We actually took him to Kaiser in Hollywood um, where he was instantly admitted into the ER and he was at that point diagnosed with uh, 12 different but simultaneous STDs. Um, he even, uh, he even, even had, no? yes, there are. In fact, he even had an STD version of mesothelioma. So <laughs> he, was in, he was in such a bad state that they actually put him in an iron lung which is normally reserved for polio patients. Polio, sure. But they had, they had a dusty one in the basement and they were, they sent a maid down who dusted it off and everything and they- A maid? Yeah, they did. They, it was, it, I mean, you remember this, Alan. It was, I mean, we were, we were very upset, but so they put Elliot in the iron lung and they instantly started him on a bunch of different antibiotics. And he, at that point, he was very weak and he was, he wasn't able to talk. And so Alan and I thought we would, we would buy him a notepad at the gift shop in the hospital. So he could write to us, he could write notes and we could tell him as best we could, you know, that everything was going to be all right. Um, so we, we got him like a little notepad and we brought it to him and, and, and we put the pen in his hand and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That still makes me emotional because <laughs> I, I don't like seeing my friends like that. <laughs> we put the pen in his hand and he was too weak to write. So we left that night and we went home and I didn't tell you guys this, but this is the first time in my life that I prayed. I left a voicemail for Jesus and I said, you know, I've got 
I've got a friend, Elliot. He's Jewish. So, you know, he's obviously not a big fan of, of you, but That's he's a wonderful Judaism guy. <laughs> he's a wonderful guy and I want him to get better. So the next morning, Alan and I were walking towards the hospital, 6 a.m. We Between the two of us, we got 45 minutes of sleep. And we're walking towards the hospital and there was a nurse who was leaving her, her evening shift. And she looked at us and she said, there's something on the notepad. And I turned to Alan and he was already sobbing. He had tears streaming down his face. So we ran into the basement and we found the pad. And Elliot actually hadn't written anything. He had just drawn a big dick. Um, and... <laughs> It turns out over the course of the evening, he, he actually had to be sedated by nurses because he kept trying to sit on the drawing. The first thing he ended up writing to us a day later was bring me a bigger notepad. <laughs> and then by Friday afternoon, Alan had to drag in an easel so this bitch could draw footlongs all weekend. <laughs> I mean, look, he's, he's someone who isn't hinged. We know that. But we are so happy and relieved that he's feeling better he looks great. He's at home again. And I, 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 the editor in me is like, you chose Kaiser. You chose Kaiser when you make fun of Elliot spending all the time. He would have gone to Cedars. He's not wait, going is, to wait, Kaiser. Is, is, is Kaiser. Everyone in, L, everyone in LA is like, you went to Kaiser? Oh, that is, that is, that actually is a little so, off. Do hospitals yeah. have maids? No. <laughs> Oh, this this one does. Well, Elliot has his own maid that comes with him. I like how Brent beforehand, Brent beforehand tells me I'm going to do something up top. And it literally five minutes in becomes the Brent show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let it go. well, look, I, I want our listeners to kind of feel like they're a part of what's happening in our real lives. And so yeah. it's important that, that they're getting the full story. You know, I don't want them to I don't want to keep anything from them. So that's really important to me. Yeah. But yeah. Elliot, you look great. great. You're doing great. And Alan, why don't you start things off? Yeah. <laughs> You can probably fold up the notebook and stick it up there. I think mm -hmm. it's probably yeah, yeah. Lube that up. Um, oh my god. There's now okay. Also, Brent, we need to work on telling the ridiculous stories, but yet having a seamless transition into the topic. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't go from that let's, to what we're about to talk let's about. Let's create like another like like a an unhinged interstitial where like it'll be like a <laughs> uh, like a little like like you know there's like that little like. 10 seconds of song before we start like each oh. section. Let's just do that for every time I, I have. Oh, funny. Okay. I'm telling oh, our listeners something real about Elliot. In the New York Times this week, there was an article written by Alex. Oh, I hope I get this name right. Alex Marzano Lesnovich. Oh, I think that's you. perfectly correct. Yeah. Oh, you. I'm just saying. Um, and it was titled, Who Should Be Allowed to Transition? And basically, it, in this country, it, it, the, the author goes into talking about sort of the two different systems that we have in healthcare when trans people basically are seeking medical services to transition. And right. there's the, the self ID system, which the author, you know, had, and, and where in some States it's basically just believing the patient. If the patient comes in saying that they're transgender and they want to seek certain things, either whatever they need for their, their the process, then they, the medical professionals will provide them the resources and not send them through all these sort of like, rules to get to be able yeah. to do the things that they yeah. need. The other system, which is a big part of what's happening in this country, both with insurance companies, but also some of these state laws, like what's happening in Idaho right now, in Texas, in so many other states, is medical gatekeeping, where they will set up roadblocks for transgender individuals to be able to get the things that they need to transition, either it be 
And this like, is for adults too, just to preface. This, this is, is adults, for adults yeah. not just children. Yeah. And there, and there's even, I mean, there, there are some states that allow that have under is a whole different it's state by state, but the, uh, it, where they make them sort of go through, it's like, it's like, if you go to the dentist and you say you have a toothache, the dentist doesn't make you go to a psychiatrist to see if you're crazy. You know, yeah, that's, right, right. that's kind of what's happening here with these medical gatekeepers. And, uh, it's sort of shocking. And in, in the two different studies that I thought were really interesting, because so many of these states use these things of like, you know, any, people under the age of 18 who are transitioning don't make the, they, they often regret it afterwards. That's what, that's what some of these state lawmakers right. say. Right. Or they put up all kinds of different facts that like aren't necessarily true, but two studies that I thought were really interesting that, that Alex brought into the article was a Cornell University uh, study concluded that 93% of studies of transgender studies found that transition improved transgender people's health outcomes. So afterwards mm -hmm. they were more healthy. They were, you know, receiving medical services in a more frequent pattern. They were doing things that were healthy, 93%, which is a huge number. Mm -hmm. um, another one uh, in 2021, a systemic review of medical literature covering 27 studies and over 7,000, nearly 8,000 transgender patients found that a regret rate was of 1% or less. 1% or less. You know, I, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that, Alan, because I, I, I read this whole article um, and I, the, the, I thought the statistics were sort of the most important take homes for me, which is, yeah, you know, I think sometimes there has been some opaque understanding of like, how, how successful is this? I mean, of course, we know, we all know transgender people and we know it's important and, and everything. But yeah, I mean, the religious right or, or whomever is, is always, you can always find someone somewhere who says, you know, oh, I regret it. And it's not even the religious right, it's sort of a combination of both, which we talk about a lot on the podcast, that it's these sort of conservative Republicans who use uh, these sort of hot button issues in order to just sort of get the base excited. We yeah. See Ron yeah, sure. Ron DeSantis right now is there's a mm. campaign that Ron DeSantis is doing, not just with trans issues, but with, you know, the don't say gay bill with so many other things where he's clearly planning something i.e. running for president in 2024. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to sort of get his base really excitable. And one of the things that Republicans do often is use queer people and queer people's bodies in yeah. order to excite their base. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, uh, I, by the way, I, I thought you I thought you were saying Rhonda Santa. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Rhonda Santa. Um, Rhonda Santa. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think it's, but I obviously I think it's important, especially if you're taking macro analyses of studies and, and 8,000 folks who've transitioned who say, you know, the re quote regret rate is under 1%. I mean, that that's, you know, the num numbers don't lie. That's really yeah. important. So I think, I think that's, well, yeah, go ahead, Elliot. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that, you know, if the, if they're even like feigned concern is for like, what if you regret it? If, if that's their quote unquote concern, well, it's also not really your business. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's not, well, it's not even like that. It's not their business. It's like, this is a human being's choice. Mm -hmm. Let, you know, it, it's not another person's place, even as a medical professional to worry about potential regret yeah yeah because they don't understand that they don't understand what a, a person's going through and yeah. so it's like the idea of being told of being yeah of being dictating you know circumstances and and the and medical decisions based on what you are what you are concerned about quote unquote Again, for somebody it, else's results is a way that is just that it's just bizarre to me it goes back to like even holds you know, up 
medical professionals asking like, do you think Ron DeSantis, while he was at the doctor, you know, the doctor's going to be like, are you sure you're going to regret this erectile dysfunction medication? You might. You <laughs> exactly. Might. Or are these hair transplants yeah. might regret it down the line. Be careful. No. But it's like, these are, these are feel like, these are feelings. It's this person's feelings about somebody else's business that it's just so weird that they can like wrap that into you know the fact that they use it as bait like you said is so depressing but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really kind of a gross and and we're gonna see a lot more of it over the next two years because we're right now we're gearing up for the midterms which is a huge part of this mm-hmm. and then we're gonna gear up for the 2024 presidential election which is going to be a shit show i think mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a huge shit show, and I th- and and states are signed courts kind of all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see interesting to see how all of this stuff. Uh, I should say that the Biden administration out. has taken a step forward in sort of normalizing the self ID status of transgender Americans in the different ways that the bureaucratic system of DC sort of you know deals with people. So, like for example, with the um, passport. Uh, now soon you'll have an option for non-binary you'll have different or you can use you can uh, clarify whatever gender you want in the passport mm. mm-hmm. it's, it's nice it's it's good that things are finally i mean it's piece by piece it can't be over mm-hmm. it can't be one big sort of overwhelming bill but it, it is happening in different ways it's just these states are really sort of hurting a lot of transgender americans specifically poc transgender americans they're they're the ones receiving sort of the worst treatment of all of this because they often have to get sort of community health care. And, and because of that, the community health care systems are sort of beholden to the state in a lot of ways. And I just feel bad for Florida. Like, I just feel bad if you like were born in Florida, like if you're stuck in Florida. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I almost, but I almost don't. I'm almost like, why, why does anyone live in Florida? It's still growing. People still move there. Elliot's yeah. parents are moving there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just yeah. so, it's so surreal that like Florida is still, in the union that we allow it in, it's, it just it just blows me away. But I mean, the thing, the flip side of it is, yeah, people are moving there, but the people who are moving there aren't necessarily the people who are impacted by some of these horrible laws that they're passing. It's the people who moved to Florida at the time when Florida was genuinely a purple state, when there were Democratic governors and Democratic senators representing Florida, and it was a good state for a lot of minorities. And now many of them financially can't circus. get out. They can't get out of Florida. Yeah. And they're stuck there and yeah, it's a with circus. these horrible laws. Mm-hmm. Well, but don't discount my parents from who these laws affect because my dad and mom both have rainbow bumper stickers on their cars. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> for me, for me. <laughs> oh, Sandy. Not even joke. We are joined today by an actual friend of mine, like a, like <laughs> like an actual friend. That's yours. Not every, not every week we not always up. say a good friend of ours, and now this time you're like, no, well, yeah, actually, not. it turns out they're a good friend, <laughs> a longtime friend, Lindsay Weber of the podcast Who Weekly. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. Thank you for calling me your actual friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are my actual friend, and we I love used to podcast. We had a podcast at when we worked at AOL. Together, yes. there was a podcast for the set that we worked for, which is like kind of a, I'm kind of jealous. We yeah. had a podcast that was so old and like so early mm. that it was also a video. And then the podcast video, yeah. portion, we had to like, it was only because podcasts were new and we could do it, but the video was what they were mm-hmm. actually promoting and selling it through. Like that's but how, was, oh my God. Like it was like 2010. 
easily. Oh, wow. So this early is days. Uh, wait, wait. I had no idea. Can we find footage? I need oh, footage. I'm no. Sure, you cannot. But shout out to Kelly Reeves, for who is <laughs> oh, also Kelly. still my friend, for saying we should do a podcast. <laughs> and wow. She, yeah. It was such a cool, it was like such an interesting and cool job because we worked for AOL, but we were at a site called Urlesque, like URL-esque. Yeah. And it was yeah. basically pre-BuzzFeed before everyone could really understand how the internet worked. Before before these like, before it became like common knowledge and meme, people could, knew what a meme was. Yeah. We were like at the beginning of it, but because it was AOL, it was still like, isn't that for grandmas or whatever? Yeah, just saying you worked at AOL in 2010 was definitely not a brag. It was like <laughs> exciting when things would exciting. happen on the internet. Like I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it and I don't actually remember what it feels like, but I kind of remember the feeling of being like, oh my God, this these sloths Elliot found on YouTube are genuinely unique, <laughs> hilarious, and special. Yeah. And yeah. all these people that are dancing down the 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 to this dancing down the aisle to this wedding song. Oh, what an adorable, heartwarming video that mm-hmm. feels yeah. special. Like I don't even know what it feels like anymore but it was exciting no, i don't know because, it was. because that that part of your brain has I... rotted out because it's yes. been so overwhelmed with yeah you know yeah it was so novel in 2010 to watch a video of some dipshit or whatever at their wedding doing a backflip i mean who knows yeah but then like you see you know a, a year later you can find a compilation on youtube of people doing backflips at their wedding yeah. and, or, and all this shit and it just like everything has become You've seen so much of everything that, yeah, yeah. it all kind of nothing loses is its new, meaning. and it's all being like reinterpreted right. on TikTok. Like it's all but, being, like, yeah, that was happening on YouTube is now happening on TikTok. True, and yeah. El- but Elliot used to really like spelunk YouTube. Like I mm-hmm. don't know how I to was, describe that it. Was my you job. were yeah. so good at it, and like would find the <laughs> stupidest shit, and like some of it was like, oh my like, god, bad. <laughs> like, 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 oh my god, here are twelve well, clowns was... digging Ooh. graves. Like you could find <laughs> yeah. the most disturbing shit, and it was always incredible. And oh I my just God. feel like that's not a thing anymore, you know? No, I mean, there was that. Uh, yeah, I feel like YouTube is like a library now, whereas back then it was yeah. still like Web 1.0 or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And I was like yeah. just searching the darkest recesses or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I I still to this day, like there's that one guy who I think I've shown Brent and Alan, E. Darum, that guy. Yes, yeah. you were yeah. obsessed with yeah. him. He's like this terrifying old man absolutely terrifying who's making videos where he's i mean when i say terrifying i mean truly like an like a vampire ghoul bald and like a with crazy hair in a garage or something and he's like singing the theme song to scrubs but then like he turns the camera and like his dog is sucking on his nipples and it was so (laughs) scary and then i did research and found out he was briefly on public television i think in new york and was a child molester and died oh my god yeah that was those were the days where you could discover disturbing things and it wouldn't be like a sad ending it would just be like this guy was a pedophile and he already died so (laughs) it was it was was, a time but but lindsay you've parlayed i think i i've always said about lindsay that her brain works like twice as fast as most people like Lindsay can is like two steps ahead of a joke, like two steps yeah. ahead referentially hate, of I like so jealous of people like that. I yeah, that's so nice. I I do feel like I am of the ilk where I'll just try anything on the internet that I think is funny and like I have no shame about like 
platforms if that's like it's funny because I don't (laughs) I I like love TikTok but I'm not using it but it's very unlike me to not do that because before that I was down to like try everything and so Mm. podcasting like was just another stupid thing that seemed Mm. fun to try and so we tried it it. it is stupid it is stupid (laughs) but you're but but I mean I meant that as like even just like as a person you are you are always two steps ahead of everybody in terms of like iron I don't even have to describe like irony I guess like and, and I guess that that, should, that that bleeds into explaining who weekly in that yes. who weekly mm-hmm. is also a take on us weekly and it's um you host it with Bobby finger um and it's the podcast we love Bobby it, I love Bobby so love much. Bobby finger the best and if you don't know who weekly it's a, a podcast about all the celebrities you don't <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is exactly what it sounds like it's a podcast about very and it's not even like c-list it's like ancillary periphery people yeah. whose names are, might ring a bell and you and bobby are like historians slash like <laughs> detectives slash investigators and it's it's tongue-in-cheek but at the same time like you're invested it is it is the best i mean genuinely it's like one of the best podcasts ever and it didn't it start as a uh, a newsletter yes because like we tried every format like i we right. did it because we did it as like a photoshop joke because originally that was the jokes mm. on tumblr that were the funniest yeah. so that's what we would do we were doing it as a newsletter making no money i mean who really cared it was just literally a joke and then somebody said you should make this do a podcast and we literally started like a week later so that's mm-hmm. why our first episode sounds like trash but you can literally hear the origin <laughs> yeah. of us figuring out what a podcast is but essentially like mm. you know we just took all of our favorite funny people on the internet talking about pop culture like you know mm-hmm. oh no they didn't and like video gum and like everyone else and just michael what's it michael d C? michael k k <laughs> and <laughs> Like just kind of mix that with our like media brain, which is like the worst brain. Yeah. Unfortunately, what we have. And that's what Who Weekly is today. So Lindsay, Lindsay, can you, can you, I was going to say, oh, sorry, Alan, go ahead. No, I was just saying it kind of became the, like the idea for the podcast is now what entertainment news is in a lot of ways, because you (sighs) look at like TMZ and shit and you're like, who? Who? That's 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 what the the show is about. Podcast has become the industry. That's true. But thank God, on on Who Weekly, they delineate between who's and them. Yes. And who's are well, them's are like you know significantly famous people, and who's are most people who you're like, who is that? Yeah. Yeah. I am grateful though, but because these publications, by nature of their existence, have to treat all of these people the same. Like they exactly write about you know Julia like Roberts the same way they write about (laughs) Tyler Henry and it's just the same voice it's the same like importance and that's what we get off on so they can never that's what you guys are so good at (laughs) yes and you guys are so good at like the joke you don't even have to like that's what's so funny about it you don't have to point out that it's ridiculous by by nature of just like talking about it and it it then thereby is, is hilarious because you guys have pointed out obviously so many things by now, but a lot of your callers will call in with signature phrases that refer to uh, <laughs> spawn con or these like random moments where like literally somebody ancillary, ancillary, ancillary from some reality show showed up at like a launch party for something super like, you know, this very like aux mentality that still persists. And I mean, I, I don't even know the references, but like yummy, yummy, yummy. What's 
what is Scar it? Jo yum, yummy yum. pop is because Scarlett Johansson <laughs> opened a popcorn store in Paris with her ex-husband and it was right. called yummy pop and like it existed and they had a kickoff party and then this store was just open for years it's not open anymore but it's just uh-huh. the most <laughs> stupid thing that you can imagine somebody I- doing <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, Lindsay, if you can, for for folks who haven't listened to your podcast, can you like give just an example of like a recent episode or something, or or a controversy or who's a couple of who's that we would not know? Yeah. Uh, well, you guys, I feel like know these people, but the latest thing that we were talking about oh. was Chelsea Manning and Grimes, and I thought oh. that was incredible. Yeah. Did you hear about? Do you guys this? know who that is? Yeah, uh, I, I've heard the name Grimes. Chelsea Manning <laughs> is the the leak the WikiLeaks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Apparently, she's in a relationship yeah. with or secret relationship. Am I wrong with Grimes? Yeah. That's so there was this amazing profile of Grimes in I want to say GQ. Vanity Fair, mm. somewhere. Yeah, I'm and yeah. the it was really great. And the entire thing is about how Grimes accidentally reveals that she's had another baby with Elon, Elon Musk. Like the baby <laughs> cries from upstairs, Gosh. and she's like, "Wait, wh- what's that?" And he's like, "Is that a baby?" And she's like, uh, "Yeah." And he's like, "Did you have another oh baby?" My. She had a baby. That house she- is like Willy Wonka for cars. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> and then literally like she the the writer interviews Grimes and Elon Musk in his Tesla and then after the piece comes out she tweets we've broken up since then and then it comes out a few days later we got a tip on our hotline from somebody saying hey Grimes is dating Chelsea Manning and we were like what the fuck and then I kind of asked around to people who I thought might know and got it confirmed so I left it on the pod and then like they it broke I guess how do you wow. I mean so I'm assuming doing this podcast, you now, I mean, because we're all kind of in like the comedy circle. So I'm assuming now your circle also includes a lot of really creepy, sometimes weird <laughs> entertainment journalists who know, like, how do you call for that kind of information to confirm that? Well, on this Good one, question. I just happened to know someone who I knew, knew Chelsea, but, and it was oh. not related to anyone uh, like that is a writer. But I think we yeah. we have fun. We have a fun relationship with the page six reporters because I think they yeah. like that we like them and we're never mean to reporters. Like we No, you're not mean. Like they're on the same they they're in the on the joke. We don't we never think they're not in on the joke, but they yeah. are they are by their jobs writing some of the weirdest shit about celebrities and like yes. fully owning it. And so we will <laughs> I think we have a nice push and pull with like the page six people, the Us Weekly people. Yeah. E-news. Have you ever but it's it's funny because you're it's funny because you're not a go- you're not an entertainment gossip podcast. No, it's like you're, you're. I mean, in all honesty, it's like the podcast is about the fucking lunacy of s- social media fame, yeah. like fleeting fame, basically. But it's funny and how it I, in how it accidentally like things will leak and information will arise right. from it. But like, it's all the joke. Need- it's all a joke. We never mean to like break news, but it is funny when we accidentally do. And we have done it a few times about Rita Ora because we have a whole section about Rita Ora. And so we will get these direct right, the queen tips of about the Rita Ora. And I'm uh. like, is this, I don't even know if it's news or not. We'll just, we'll just say, oh, someone called and said they saw Rita Ora in the club doing something and we'll just put it on the pod. And then it'll be like, that's news to someone. As that's someone, the thing is we don't know what the news is sometimes. Yeah. Has right. anyone ever like pushed back, like gotten pissed? Like a Rita Ora, has a Rita Ora ever been pissed about something you guys have done? Because who? It's a huge podcast. I mean, if she has, 
I don't know about it and I don't I never plan to. I think at this point, <laughs> if she was mad at us, we are now 600 episodes in. She would have said oh. something through a publicist like she's very aware of our existence. We also have like weird mutual ties to her somehow mm. in diff- various places like a makeup artist here, or, like a hairstylist here. And like, mm. I just feel like what I love about her now the most is that she hasn't said anything. It's almost like we're just another great piece of press for her. And I hope that she feels that way because Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like we talk about her I can, a lot. <laughs> I, I, I can still remember that. I, I guess it was a few years ago, but when the story broke about um, Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, like cheating to get their kids to schools, uh-huh. my first instinct was to go to Who Weekly. And you literally wrote, it was like a who emergency Because <laughs> yeah. it was like the breaking news in like Lori Laughlin. I was like, oh my God, Bobby and Lindsay have to cover that. And of course it was like a who emergency podcast uploaded oh. about Lori Laughlin. It was, it was perfect. I'm obsessed. I just, it, it's, it's so funny to like, to, to think about these. And like the, recently I'm like, who's Julia Fox? Like, who is that? <laughs> and it's like, cause it's like, I've, I'm seeing her name, but like, who is that? And have I seen her before? I mean, that is such a wild moment because it's clearly like somebody biting for attention. And you guys are also very good at peeling back the layers a little bit to people who may not understand that like publicity is a machine and these things are very much designed to have certain reach and, and uh, yeah. And so I don't know, it's, it's, but I, I also want to say too, obviously like the three of us are all are gay, but I think the, sh- the show has a, I feel like the listeners, especially when, at least on the call-in shows, tend to be a lot of women and gay men. Yes. And I wonder, like, what what or why you think that is? Because we're funnier? I don't know. Smartest? (laughs) Smarter and funnier and better? The internet is, I mean, women run the internet. I mean, you look at any sort of search engine sort of analytics or anything. And it's oftentimes women who are deriving the force a lot of, behind a lot of social trends and a lot of, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, also you know, I think like women are the most in most, you know, the they're, they're consuming celebrity media the most. So we're, if we're the irreverent take on celebrity media, then they can yeah. just read us weekly, but then also listen to who weekly and be like, I get it. I'm cool. I'm a step ahead. I'm part of the conversation. And then I think obviously gay men think we're hilarious because all of our jokes are like this, basically the, from the same pot of the same jokes that have been said mm-hmm. over and over about Lady Gaga for centuries, you know, at this point. So right. clearly it's like, we're all reaching for the same reference and that's fine. Like I'm happy to keep doing that until the end of time because i still think they're funny have you ever very have you ever become friends with anybody that like a select or quote unquote a who celebrity that you've spoken with on the podcast that have that that then reached out to you and you now are friendly No, no 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 not no not anyone through the podcast through other means, yes, but not like directly through the pot at all. No, I don't think. I was, that I'm, I'm thinking of like Lindsay Lohan's mom just being like. Oh, I wish. I mean, I guess like I always when we we interviewed Spencer Pratt so long ago, and I think he like really got what we were doing, and I always thought yeah. he was one of the best and fully in conversation with his own press and he continues to be really smart about it and really funny. And Mm, I always thought like we could be friends, but like, we're not friends. And also I think he's kind of a demon too, which I think is like the part. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to admit right here now that I think he's hot. Wait, Spencer Pratt, he's Heidi Montag, or Heidi, oh wait, who's, yes. who's wait, right? can you Heidi speak Montag. more? And, she's, and she's, she's eating meat on the street now, raw meat on the yeah. street. And he's famous because yeah. he had a flesh beard. That was one of his like looks. Did you like oh, that? Yeah. Yes, I remember. <laughs> so he was the villain, he was the villain on the hills, which I only watched you during quarantine. Hot? 
<laughs> yes, and I think he's hot. And I, I, or I guess I thought he was hot like back in the days of the hills, even though he had that gross. I mean, everything he chose, to, he chose to be gross. Like he's very Ar- Aryan looking, which is not gross, but he he had like the flesh tone beard. I mean, Aryan and, like, looking is sometimes gross. Yes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it for me, it's, as the description implies, it is gross. <laughs> yeah, he just he's like so blonde, so blue eyed, yes. so scary looking. Yeah. And yet, I just thought I just. He seems like someone handsome. that would sweat on you as he fucks you. You know what I mean? Like he's just terrifying. Like is and dripping now he's like, you know, middle age, like has a kid, like wears crystals and sells them, like deals with hummingbirds, <laughs> goes know. to Erwan every day. Like he's hilarious. Like he he yeah. is exactly he the California born man that he was born to be. But I think that yeah, he forever is so, a brat. he's so funny and like the Heidi Heidi Montag eating meat on the street thing is incredible because <laughs> they are fucking around with these like Dr. Carnivore guys. I don't know if you have heard of this. I feel like yeah, this also no. like, yeah. steers into like health land. And it's just like these doctors who are not real doctors. Well, they are. They have, they're technically doctors, but they're not real doctors. Let's be real. And yeah. they like, they're like, eat a all meat diet. Like that's their whole thing is like be a they're carnivore. Like the, right? the, kind mm. of, the kind of doctors that are out there for attention. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, which so is she, most doctors in LA. Yeah. So I think they're really into that as like a thing. And then she like took a bite out of like a bunch of meat on the street and the paparazzi went crazy. And then those photos were so popular that like she did it again. And it's just like, wow, they are just incredible. Like, <laughs> like it, that's amazing, I guess. They're like savvy demons. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, and they've been, they've been playing it, playing that game for 20, 15 years now. Like, it's, yeah, it's I don't, when did it come out? Yeah, I don't know. So the Hills was like mid aughts and it was like college, right? Yeah. And he's been doing these uh, like Hills yeah. recap behind the scene TikToks that are so great. But then as soon as the TikToks got really good, he stopped doing them because he was like, these don't make me enough money. And I was like, wow, that is the lowest form of like, he's like, this content Truly. I got to save for the bag. And it's like, oh. what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to ask you. So the Who Weekly um, social media is so so good and oh, it's thank you. it's very clearly commentary my favorite is commentary without commentary commentary without words it's yes. just the way you repost material from enter from like that tabloid slash celebrity culture with just pictures that just exist and you repost them and maybe zoom in on something and it's like <laughs> it's so irreverent and it's so funny and a lot of it's just brilliant tiktoks and as somebody who's just I'm too I'm too overwhelmed and and I just won't download it and get into oh, it because it's it. too many corners of it. You would love it. I'm so sorry I want to say. know why you. Yeah, and I I, I want to know why you love it and also what does your algorithm show you because I know it's supposed to be very specific. My algorithm is mostly celebrity stuff, which is awesome because I kind of trained it because it, I reward it by downloading yeah. them so I can share them on the Who Weekly Instagram. So. It, it kind of panders to me, but I like it's got a lot of dark humor. You know, those Zoomers are known for their dark humor. So when I was in Boston, <laughs> yeah. I got like a bunch of weird jokes about the Boston Marathon bombing. And I was like, OK, this is like actually like my algorithm is like I'm offended by it. So now I need to like reel back <laughs> like if my algorithm is like offending me, then clearly I'm giving it some signs that I want to go further that I'm willing to go. So I had to figure that out. But um what I love about it is just like it is clearly the format that the funniest people are able to use right now. Like yeah. it is yeah. it's a mix of the funniest people tweeting with actual storytelling and the mm-hmm. effects, though being complicated to us, 
they're able, you know, younger people are able to figure them out. And the fact that you could float your tiny little head in front yeah. of a big image and tell a story to me is like, imagine figuring out how to do that like 10 years ago and now you can just do it. Like, it's crazy. I, I, it's, yes, it's, it's crazy and it's intimidating. I mean, that's part of why I'm like, I don't want to get involved because I'm like intimidated by the fact I think that you all need these to get kids involved. are you can editors. You can just watch. You can. Yes, you I don't. Can, we I don't, don't tweet. We don't TikTok. We we just watch. Yeah. I just watch them. So yeah. I find watching it to be, and also I think TikTok is doing a thing, which I mean, I think Lindsay, you probably noticed this with the algorithm, and that, like, it's one of the few platforms where, yeah, every website you see the algorithm and you see the algorithm at work, but you don't really ever feel it almost like a judgment of you like you do on TikTok because yes. there are times like you watch one, like for me, I watch one video of some dude like shaking his butt and then I get 20 <laughs> other videos sent to me randomly on TikTok. And I'm like, is this who I am now? Is TikTok judging me? It like, is It is very, like I'll do research on something on TikTok and then TikTok will be like, oh, you're interested in that weird thing. And it's like, then I have to like get myself out of that hole that I dug yeah. by doing the research. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's really smart. It's really fast. And I just think that the people on there are so funny. And unlike Twitter or maybe YouTube, where you kind of get stuck in the realm of the same people who you are funny, yeah. but they're the yeah. same. TikTok, there, it almost seems like there is an unlimited supply of funny people. And I don't know how that is, yeah. but I know that's why it's scary. I yeah. rarely come across the same person being funny again. I see them funny once and then I maybe follow them, but then it never shows me them again somehow. I don't know how the following works. I just like want to support, but then yeah. I just never see them again. And I just keep seeing new hilarious people and I don't really understand it at all. It's great. I think that's exciting. I think that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, I, I love agree. it. Be before you, I, yeah, I used to think it was dark. I now think it's exciting. Yeah, I know. I, I just can't let it, I can't let myself get into it, but I, I should, but I, but I won't. But before you go, I want to, <laughs> there's a few people that, um that like a few pop culture references that Brent has been making for years at this point. And I want to know if they're so, if they're they so. Pop culture references if they're done for years? Because by the. No, I mean, they're so niche. <laughs> they're so niche that I'm curious to know if you think these are who's or them's. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to rattle off some names. Lorena McKennett. Is that a country star? No, she's a she's a Canadian like Enya esque singer. Okay, she's a who, but like I don't even know who that is. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Okay, um, Camille Paglia. Oh, God, that's hard. Um, this is the Fran Lebo. Like, it's hard with, uh -huh, with like uh -huh. it's hard with like cultural icons, you know. Um, right, I would say right. she's a who though, because like uh, she hasn't yeah. done anything in a while. Yeah. Or she does. She's a who. Certainly wouldn't put her as a cultural icon. Yeah. 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 Where does Enya fall? Uh, who are them? Enya's a them for sure. One name. She's a them. Yeah. She's a she's a power. She's a power. She's a force. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. the last one is just mine. I'm just curious. I mean, I already know the answer, but Bonnie Hunt, just for me, I want to know. <laughs> okay, Bonnie Hunt has like actually comes up a lot somehow. Like many people call yeah. in about Bonnie she's connected Hunt. Connected to everybody. Everybody loves she Bonnie should, Hunt. She should be a them, but she's a who. She's kind of a no. who, and it's weird because at one point she was like a leading lady, and then she yes. kind of was like, but she never was a character actress, which I find interesting because no. it's like usually yeah. who's are just like it ends up being like, well, they're kind of the character actress, and that's why the who right. Bonnie was a star. Yes, always. And and in Toy Story, but 
Oh, poor Bonnie Hunt. Well, hopefully she's making a lot of money. I'm sure she's <laughs> I saw her at Whole Foods the other day. Mm. It wasn't her, but um, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we love Who Weekly. We thank demand you. everyone who's listening to this podcast to listen to Who Weekly. Now, where would you like people to follow you? Oh, don't even bother. If I'm on Twitter. So, if so. Just follow, follow just follow <clears throat> Who Weekly because that's where we have the most fun. I'm not even having fun on my personal. Mm-hmm. I I have transferred mm-hmm. all of my fun to my <laughs> professional, and I recommend everyone doing the same no if you can. Mm-hmm. God bless. Thank yeah. you, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Lindsay. Thanks for having me. And another thing. This is another um, op-ed that I thought was super interesting. Uh, that is this auto straddle? Talk about. Nope, not Autostraddle. Uh, but this is from Gawker, which has been relaunched um, oh. as a nice, uh, nicer website, I guess. Yeah, less um, snarky and <laughs> miserable. Yeah. It's okay. pretty good. Uh, it's pretty yeah. good. They've got yeah, some good, good stuff. And this was really uh, very cathartic to read and I feel like was widely shared among people mm-hmm. that we yeah. know. Um, it's by the, an author named Jason Okunde, who's a, a London-based writer. And he wrote for Gawker about exhaustion with queer influencer activism um it was just fast and he just he just kind of hit the nail on the head of something that i've been observing but not quite sure exactly how to express but that has i think that i was that i've said to you guys i feel like we've moved away from sort of the, the thirstiness of instagram and social media i think has now become so mainstream that we've moved on to this place where it's not just like pop psychology sex appeal yeah it's pop psychology in a way that mirrors the self-help boom of the like 80s and 90s mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i feel like it's become even because it's been so democratized through social media anybody can say anything elliot you, so you he, gave a you wait was sorry real quick because you gave an yeah, interesting please, story please. when when we were texting about this you were like there was some there's some girl some woman that you follow on instagram who just like you you were like she has no degree she has no background but she has these long diatribes on her page about how you know she'll she be had, like you know what guys no one's mad at you no one's mad f- you know one like, video was no one's mad at you if they're mad like she a whole thing where she's talking to to the you know to the camera or yeah. whatever about how nobody's mad at you and they're not mad just like doling out advice and it's like what are you talking who, why yeah, would yeah. I listen to this? Who, she doesn't, she doesn't know me. And also like, what if somebody is mad at me? Like, yeah, well, you're, you're <laughs> invalidating what I did. Just, it, it was just, I just well, can't believe just, that. Just to, to paint such broad swaths yes. that like, oh, my X thousand followers need to hear this today. No one's mad. <laughs> it's just so true. You know, but I've always said this. I've always said this. I mean, I've seen these memes for a decade yeah. Which is like the the memes where they're they're like, you're beautiful, uh, you know, st- stuff like that. You know, you're worthy. And you're just like how it's so condescending to assume that someone who has body image issues, who yeah. has, diff- you know, self-esteem problems, you know, check, check for me, you know, et cetera, et cetera, would be duped into into thinking after, you know, by the way, by using the, the exact platform that actually makes us all more insecure, yes, verifiably, exactly. like that's been proven. Right. Yeah. But so you're using the platform that makes everyone objectively more insecure. And you're saying, you're beautiful. And I read that. And I all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I do actually, you know, I, I do feel good about my body all of a sudden after 12 years of discomfort and contempt and like, 
and trying to look better and aspiring to look better. Yeah. It's just, it's outlandish to me that anyone- You've always, you've always had that really funny example where you've said like, it's, as, it's not as, there's not a, you've, you've always said like, there's not a chance that somebody who feels terrible, who's like in the throes of depression or anything along those lines is scrolling through and then sees one person be like, you're beautiful, honey. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it just balls. It just, <laughs> right, like, right. Suddenly they're seen. I'm better. Like a- it's all performative. I mean, but it, it happens in, I mean, I mean, I, I feel like I've sort of lived this having a, a, a disabled brother in my household because there is a lot of that performative nature of how we interact with people. And it's, it's gotten worse over the years where yeah. people want to sort of uh, put their own stories onto whatever they're implying that you must be going through because of your situation. But mm-hmm. even so, it's even different. And I think this article was sort of really interesting in that it talked about sort of this, there's a, there's a social benefit to being like this, that, that these people, these influencers are, are getting from this. Even if you- ra- out- I always say it's, it's a race to be, the, it's a race to be seen as the most empathetic. It's the empathy yeah. Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I, 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 I do have a fun, a fun example. I used to follow this, this bodybuilder in Halifax <laughs> for years and uh, his Instagram, uh, he would always have videos where he was quote, he was like a trainer and he was, he was quote, motivating us to go to the gym. And sure, he was motivating us. So, so dull. Uh, but he'd be like, okay, guys, so um, so today do do the best you can to uh, to, uh, to to get up and get out and, and make sure you do your sit-ups. And he would always end everything by saying, be great, be great. <laughs> and and then by the way, so cut to six years later, he now has an OnlyFans page where he walks around with throbbing boners underneath like very tight, like children's size shorts. <laughs> Oh my God. I did see kind of something like this recently in a video I posted of a drag performance I did that you guys were at the oh. Valentine's Day show. And someone commented- The only drag queen I care about, Sadie Pines. <laughs> someone commented Miss Piggy live with uh, of the video of me, which I get the intent behind the comment. It was to call me fat and to be mean. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't engage, of course, in the comment. But there were a lot of people who were replying sort of talking about body shaming and all these different things. And I had to, just, I just sort of watched the show because it was yeah. this, this weird, like I wasn't hurt by it at all because I know it's just some robot person in the world who doesn't matter to me. And I love Miss Piggy. So I'm very happy with the compliment. I do love Miss Piggy. <laughs> I do love Miss Piggy. But that said, it's like, there's this sort of, I don't know. And it felt like people were almost racing to be the most empathetic and to yes. protect me. And it was like, I don't necessarily, I, 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 I appreciate the protection. I will say that. I think it's a nice thing that people like me enough to want to protect me from something like that. Sure. That said, I also don't need it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not breaking me apart to, yeah. to, to get that kind of comment. You know, first of all, I, I would like to apologize for writing, for writing that comment, Alan. I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't mean it for it to come across that way. But, uh, but secondly, I actually have a friend who I, like one of the few, few people I check his Twitter because he used to post shirtless pictures all the time. <laughs> but he does the same thing. He gets into political fights. He's obviously a lefty. Yeah. And, but it's, it's always related to celebrities. So it's like, it'll, you know, some, like on Will Smith's feed, someone says something racist as if, as if anyone's reading this shit. Right. And like then no you, one... see, you see this, like this tense, nasty back and forth between this dude, you know, Quentin and like, and someone else. And you're like, what, what, what are either of you getting from this it's outside of the fact that it's a waste of time, such a waste of time. Yeah. But what, I, what I love it. 
Go ahead. No, what I love about what um, the author of this this piece says is he talks about how at least when it comes to like these, a lot of these queer activists who are trying to quote unquote educate us, but it really delves into what he calls (laughs) folk knowledge (laughs) of things that just things that they, uh, he calls, he says, folk knowledge of things I call, quote, things that sound true and so they must be true, but it's really all just about, it's all about having a vague understanding of structural oppression, a vague mm, understanding, yeah. and then framing it in terms of its alleged effects on on um, like marginalized groups, which again, it, but he, he says it's, it's just, it's you again, know, it's based in, in narcissism yeah. because it just allows them to insert well, themselves into these narratives. It does kind of come out of, it's kind of ironic that Gawker is the platform that he's writing it on. Yeah. I, do, I do kind of feel like so much of this sort of the right to comment on everything kind of came out of Gawker in a way that everyone has an opinion and everyone's valid, no matter how vapid or ridiculous or think piece it might be. And so, and Gawker would publish that. And I mean, I'll admit to even in my old days, I was a think piece sort of writer person. And mm-hmm. I, I hate some, I look back at some of the things I wrote and I hate some of the things because of the voice and the tone, but it was just sort of this race to get your response out there to like yeah. get your, your thought, your mind in the space of a lot of different thoughts. And it's gross. And the internet yeah. kind of became that. And that's sort of now it's, it's bled into Instagram and these sort of, you know, yeah. your influencers. You know, it, it, for me, the challenge has always been, you know, it's, it's hard. And there's already so much cynical online, uh, cynicism online. And it's hard to, to, even if someone's a plea for, you know, some altruistic plea that we know is completely contrived and they're just doing it to generate more publicity for themselves, yeah. It's still sometimes hard to be like, well, that's dumb uh, mm-hmm. when it's an altruistic it's pursuit. Nice. And, and the example yes. that this guy gave in the article was like, you know, some 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 mindless dro- drone, uh, you know, wrote something shortly before the invasion of Ukraine about how, you know, here's what we can do for Ukrainian, Ukrainian, the L- sorry, Ukrainian LGBT community. Yes. And this author kind of very, very astutely, I think instantly broke down like that we're, like we're talking about an invasion of a, of a country in which you know as we've seen a lot of people have died a lot of civilians have died families have been broken apart this isn't to say that you can't be also worried and concerned for the lgbt community in ukraine which is not particularly strong but still but he's also like but that's but it's just wildly besides the point and it's it's so it's so contrary to the, to the actual conversation that we should be having and and where we should be perhaps focusing our resources and energy and 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 what nonprofits we should be uh, donating to right now as opposed to some like you know some, yeah. some yeah. LGBT but center I mean, in in Kiev in Kiev or whatever. But if you say something, if you comment against that, and this is sort of exactly like, you're the bad right, guy. Right, you're sorry. the bad yeah, guy. That's what I meant. This, yeah. is, this is sort of the nature of even why we did this podcast to begin with, and that like yeah. the, the ability to say. Yes, you're right. LGBTQ people in Ukraine are suffering and we should be thinking about them just as much as we should be also thinking about all of the people in Ukraine who yeah. are receiving these horrible, horrible injustices. And to then be saying to that queer person who's telling us only like, we, we should be able to be like, we disagree with your queer yes. point of view. And, and, and it doesn't, doesn't make mean we hate us. queer people. Right. Exactly. He said, Thank you for bringing it full he, circle, Alan. <clears throat> That's what I was getting at. He calls it a, he, the author calls it, he says, it's like you're viewing queerness as a satisfactory singular prism for assessing oppression, like on a broader scale. Yeah. And again, like to your point, the idea that it's basically the idea that 
that what should be a jumping off point for a conversation becomes the final word yes. um, often with stuff that is incorrect. And, and, and that's mm. the part that, again, I just don't understand when and how the act of being like this educator without credentials of some kind, yes. it became democratized so that anybody can say it, anybody can do it. And it makes it easier for any cynicism to be made into like, into, into, being able to point a finger as if you are ill, you know, you're, you're, you have bad intentions, your intentions are poor. It's yeah. like, no, you just, there's just like more to think about to, when we're talking about you, a, a country being invaded by like Russia. We want to get to a point where like, we want to be able to be like, yes, I support your LGBTQ point of view. Sure. Yeah. But I also think you're an asshole and I want the free <laughs> right. to say, you're yeah. an asshole while I also respect your space within this sharing your opinion. Sure, say whatever you want, but I also think you're an asshole. I, it reminds me, there was that Tony Robbins documentary that everyone watched on Netflix like five years ago. And and in this documentary, he is, he he's obviously a, a, a total sham of a human being, but uh, in this he documentary- He run over fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that oh. is true, Alan. <laughs> Uh, in this documentary, like some woman in the crowd, you know, stands up. She's having a really tough time. She's had she has some. I remember had some like pretty serious like oh. you know, some 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 difficulties. She maybe she had been molested or something. I'm forgetting all the details. But she, you know, she had some trauma in her past, and you know, he, he kind of you know throws daggers of questions at her and she tells him you know her two minute background story and he goes you shouldn't be sad you're awesome and everyone claps <laughs> and she's crying and i remember thinking like this is so and they, they, they and they move they move on like that's it like all, all he yeah. does was say that she's awesome and and it reminded me of these memes where i'm like that's like that feels good in the moment. And, and, and if that made her feel better, great. But like, I'll bet you a thousand dollars the next day she woke up feeling yeah, not sad awesome. or, or <laughs> hollow or not awesome. And it's like, yeah, that's the point of therapy guys. That's the point of consulting an actual professional yeah, uh, exactly. to, to address and explore and unpack as my therapist would say <laughs> some of our previous trauma. I think you should unpack p perhaps your obsession with Elliot sitting on millions. Oh, of you son of <laughs> I, a bitch. I support that. <laughs> oh, he's unhinged. Excuse me. How dare you? Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> what, what would your, your aunt, aunt say? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I just sent $50 to Rhonda Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, my aunt Joanne would say, uh, I, I, I hear Alex Marzano Lesnovich's struggle. I understand. Uh, I do not trust all doctors, nor should any of us. And also Lesnovich sounds familiar. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? Yeah, There's a long, I, long walk, but <clears throat> my Aunt Anne, I have a long one too. My Aunt Anne would say, Lindsay, better consider Kathy Mitchell of them because you know her. She's more, she's famous for the quick and easy dump cakes and more. Just <laughs> dump and bake. Mm -hmm. That is a deep cut YouTube <clears throat> video, I do believe. Nope. Correct, Alan? It is, it is, it's sort of a meme thing, but Kathy Mitchell, she uh. does all these like kitchen. Thing, gadget things like she's one of those like yeah. ladies that yeah create all these things but she created one called the dump cake she's so funny <laughs> i'm gonna text you guys a picture of her right now she's the funniest woman on television ever sorry lucille ball 
treat everyone to that picture on our Instagram, please. Dump cake. Just the dump cake is so funny. It Just is, dump it is very funny. Well, this was a great episode, guys. I think we did a really good job. Um, I appreciate Thanks all of our listeners. I appreciate all of our listeners. Are you taking uh, your antibiotics, I... Elliot? Yeah, yes, Elliot, how are you? You're, you're feeling better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Yep. And your fever is better. Good. You said your fever is back down to... To, yeah, my to fever norm, broke. Normal levels. Well, uh, we yep, are so yep. we're so relieved. We're so happy. Remember, Elliot. the ointment is for thank you medicine, not lube. It's medicine, <laughs> not lube. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm Elliot G- Glazer's bussy. Glazer, Glazer.